these bumpers. So if you're skilled with dancing, feel free, get up, dance a little bit. That's okay. Um, if anybody is like, I love Wisconsin, but if anybody can like pray, we're talking about dangerous prayers. Could you please pray a not so dangerous prayer that the sun would come out and it would warm up? This is spring, people. I don't know if Wisconsin knows it, but this is spring and this is starting to get to me. So feel free to pray this week that the sun comes out and we continue to love Wisconsin. Um, May 15th, uh, Anna came up last week and said she wants to get baptized. So May 15th, yes, yes. May 15th, we are going to uh, do more baptisms. So if you are somebody who has not been baptized or you know somebody that wants, has been wanting to get baptized, go to our renew.church slash hub and fill out the I want to get baptized form. Uh, I know there were murmurings in our last baptism when we did Easter um, that there were other people that were wanting to get baptized but weren't quite sure about it. So if that is you, if you want to get baptized or you know somebody who's been thinking about it, now's the chance. Let's do it. Get baptized. Fill out the form. I'll be in contact with you. It will be awesome. It's one of the best things, like one of the coolest things that we do in the service, right? Like we get to be a part of people's journey, a part of people's life with Jesus. And we get to celebrate this moment when they declare that they are following Jesus, that Jesus is number one in their life. And it's this moment when we get to celebrate What happens in our following Jesus? When we go down into the water and our old selves uh, is dead and buried and we rise up with Christ, living a new life with Christ. Throughout the New Testament, there's you're in him. Uh, He's in you. You've been raised up. There's all this language declaring that you've been made alive in Jesus. I think it's so cool that we get to come along, people, and celebrate that together as a church. So, if you want to get baptized, go fill out the form. Let's do this. Um, We've been in this series called Dangerous Prayers, and last week, we talked about the prayer, Search Me, O God. Uh, How many struggle with prayer? All right. Half of you are honest. The other half... Want to play off like you got it all together. It's okay. Uh, I think prayer is one of those moments, those things that we struggle with. And it happens all the time in conversations that I have with people when prayer comes up. It's usually a point of struggle. It's usually a point of contention. It's usually a point where people kind of think, like, I'm not quite sure how to do it. An interesting part of that is I'm not sure I'm doing it right. I'm not sure how to do it. And I think it's one of those things that we can just put all of our minds at ease. Prayer is simply just conversation with Jesus. There's no like particular way you have to do it. There's no rules you have to follow. You can do it in the morning. You can do it on your way to work. You can do it in the car. You can can literally do it anywhere, any time of day. And hopefully we get in this routine and this habit where we are kind of having a constant conversation with the Spirit and with Jesus. So it doesn't end. Like the prayers keep going on and it's this constant conversation. 
And the reason why we're doing this series, Dangerous Prayers, is because it, it, it's, the point is to help us get out of our ruts. I don't know about you, but there's times when I fall into a rut around prayer. <clears throat> and if I'm not careful, my prayers usually start to revolve around me. You know what I mean? Like, hey, God, be with me. Even though Jesus says, if you follow him, he's always with you. Jesus, be with me. Uh, Jesus, I pray you help me. I need this. I want this. This would be nice. Could you come through for me? Or, or Jesus, please keep me safe. I find myself praying that when I'm going for a flight or when I'm going on a drive. Jesus, please uh, just keep me safe. Keep those around me safe. And we fall in these ruts in our prayer life. And I want to encourage you through these prayers that we start to develop deeper prayer language. So last week we prayed, search me, oh God. We talked about throughout life, we talked about David and how in, in Psalm 139, he was praying this beautiful, intimate prayer to God, saying, God, you've created me, you know everything about me, you know my thoughts, you know you, you've put the, you've counted the hairs on my head. Like, you know words before they even come out of my mouth. And then there's this part in Psalm 139 where he goes, basically, these people are my enemies and I hate them. And instead of jumping to a place where he's like, God, would you please take care of them? Would you please change them? Would you please fix them? He turns it inward. It's like he's looking in the mirror and he says, search me, oh God. See if there's anything offensive in me. Anything in me that is not going your way. We talked about how that's a profound prayer. Did you pray that prayer this week? I know I did. When I was frustrated with somebody. Frustrated with a relationship that I had. You know how you just kind of rehearse conversations in your head. Maybe I'm the only one that does that. You rehearse like, what am I going to say? What do I want to say? What should I say? Or you rehearse all the things that this the person has done to like annoy you and make you frustrated. It's in that moment. I know you've been there. Don't lie to me. It's in that moment when I was like, stop. Okay, God. Search me. Search my heart. Search my mind. And see what's going on there. There was another time this week when I wanted to buy something. And I wanted to buy it so bad because I thought in some way this thing would complete me. Have you been there? Right? Like you're an emotional down or something. And you're like, oh, I just need to buy something. This will be exciting. I need this. Hold up. <laughs> Search me, God. Why do I want to buy this? Why am I so excited about buying this? This is a very powerful prayer that you and I can pray at almost any time during the day. In the morning, after your day of work, search me, oh God. How was my day at work? How did I act? Was everything that I did pleasing you? Was everything I did glorifying you in my job? Or was I chasing after status, money, uh, to impress people? What was I chasing after during the day? And God, search me because I want to know if I'm not chasing after you. 
You can pray this at night when you get home at night and you're laying in bed. God, search me. How was today? Did I even think about you today? Did I prioritize you today? Did I treat people the way that you would have me treat people? Did I forgive people today? Search me, oh God. I fully believe that if we pray some of these prayers full of expectation, as we expand our prayer language off the usual help me, save me, I need this, please keep me safe type of prayers, which are all good prayers. If we expand our prayers past those prayers with expectation and faith, I believe that you and I will slowly be transformed and begin to partner with what God is doing in our life. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. I want to talk about another simple prayer. And we find it in the story of Samuel. Samuel would later turn out to be one of the most powerful prophets in Scripture. Key player in the history of Israel. Key player in David becoming king. And Samuel has this conversation with God. Uh, a little context about this story in, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3. Eli is a priest. Samuel is a boy uh, kind of learning from him. And it starts off in chapter 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called to Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. This is a little comical, right? Samuel hears God, he's laying down, he hears God, and he runs to Eli because he thinks it's Eli calling him. Eli said, I I didn't call you, go back and lay down. So he went back, lay down, again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back, lay down. You can like get vibes of, of a parent who's trying to sleep and the kid keeps getting up. I'm thirsty, I'm hungry, I'm scared, I'm all these things. And you go, just please, go lay down. There's no voice. Go lay down. Sorry, that's my parent. Aside coming out. Now Samuel did not know yet. The Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli, and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized something. Oh, this is legit. He thinks it's me, but it's actually God calling him. So Eli told Samuel, Go lay down. If he calls you again, speak. Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went to lay down in this place, and the Lord came to him and stood there calling. 
as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. This is the prayer I'd like to focus on. When do you and I, when is our response to Jesus speak? I'm listening. Speak. Whatever you say, I will be willing to do. Speak. This was Samuel's response. Speak. Your servant is listening. I'm willing to do whatever it is that you call me to, God. It's interesting because you, you read through the scriptures and there's often times when God will speak to people and the things that God speaks to people aren't usually easy things. Like they are complicated things. They are big things. They are things that will require sacrifice. Noah, I want you to build a boat. I want you to take two of everything, put it in the boat. My judgment is coming. Will you do it? Jonah, we've been going through our Jonah series. Jonah, I want you to go talk to these people who hate me, who hate you, and are horrible people. I want you to go talk to them and tell them that they need to follow me or die. Easy message, right? Jonah's response, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Speak. I'm listening while I'm going the other way because I do not want to do that at all. And you have Mary. Mary, through you, you are going to be pregnant. You are going to give birth to the Savior. What was Mary's response? After some obvious questions, I'm here to serve. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. I'm willing. I'm willing to be used by you. See, when God speaks and gives something for you to do, it will certainly challenge your faith. It will stretch you. If you have the courage to pray this prayer, speak, Lord. I'm, I'm willing. Jesus will convict you. He will challenge you. He will even call you to do something that you have no idea or you're afraid to do. He may call you to do something ridiculous. That's ridiculous in your mind. He may call you to do something that is a complete step of faith. He may call you to do something that you are terribly afraid of. He may cause you to do something that brings you to your knees to a place where you pray, search me, O oh God. I don't know if I can do this. Or, or, or maybe I'm more of the problem than that person. Speak, Lord. Your servant is willing. And what Samuel, what the Lord says to Samuel is very interesting. He basically says, you're going to be the prophet that I'm going to work through. Eli, your mentor, 
the one who's taking care of you, he's not following God. He's sinning. His family is, is a mess. They are not following God. And then he tells Samuel, I'm going to judge Eli. So it's not this blissful, euphoric message that, that God brings to Samuel. He basically says, Samuel, I'm going to deal with your mentor, and, and I need to correct him, or at least try to correct him. And you're going to be the prophet who I'm going to move this along through. <laughs> this is not Eli, uh, you're going to get a great job. You are going to get everything you ever want. You're going to be healthy, you're going to be wealthy, and you are going to be hashtag blessed. It's going to be amazing. No, that's not how God spoke to Eli. God spoke to Eli, hey, your mentor, I'm going to deal with him. And you're going to be the prophet that I'm going to work through. Speak, Lord. I want to hear your voice. Here's the thing I want to challenge us with in this prayer. Prayer is a conversation. It's a conversation that we have with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. It's a conversation where there is talking and then there is what? Listening. We all know this in any relationship that we have. Do you have that friend that talks all the time? That won't be quiet that won't ask questions, that won't listen to you. I don't know if you have that, that friend or those people in your life, but what happens when you come in contact with that person? You usually pull back, right? I think this is the way relationships work, is there is a time when there is vulnerability, there is sharing, there is speaking, and then there is a time when you are just listening. You're paying attention. You're listening and you're encouraging more conversation. And sometimes in our prayers, I think we can get in the place where we are doing an awful lot of talking and not a lot of listening. And then we wonder why we may not hear the voice of God. We may not hear what God is trying to tell us. All throughout scripture there is this phrase, be still and know that I am God. Uh, the most famous one is probably Psalm 46. The psalmist is praying and all sorts of things are going wrong in the world. There's political uh, tension, there's wars happening, there is uh, natural, natural disasters happening. And, and the psalmist comes to the end of the psalm. And he says this. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Pause Everything.
even though the world's crazy, even though social media is on fire, even though there's problems in our lives, be still and know that I am God. In Psalm 37, 7, it says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Exodus 14, 13 through 14, uh, Moses answered, do not be afraid. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to what? Be still. Psalm 4, when you are on your bed, search your hearts and be silent. Be silent before the sovereign Lord, for the day of the Lord is near, Zephaniah 1, 7. What does God say? God doesn't say, be frantic. Fill your life with as much as you can. When you have moments where you're not busy, get on your phone, scroll through TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. When you have a free hour, go to Netflix and binge watch your latest show, that you've been all about. Does God say that? No. God says be still. And know that I am God. Does God say, hey, I want you to spend your life achieving and working and accomplishing I want you to spend your life accumulating as much wealth as you possibly can because then you'll be set. I want you to spend your life buying as many toys as you want because the more you buy, the more you'll be satisfied. I want you to be concerned with only the relationships around you because it's only how those relationships go that will determine your identity and your significance. No. God says be still and know that I am God. A book that I started reading is called How to Pray, and it's by Pete Gregg. And he says the best way to start praying is actually to stop praying. To pause. To put down your prayer list or your list of demands that you have for God and surrender your own personal agenda to stop talking at God long enough to focus on the wonder of who he actually is. <clears throat> to be still and know that he is God and to wait patiently for him. Eugene Peterson says this, life's basic decision is rarely, if ever, whether to believe in God or not, but whether to worship or compete with him. Whether to worship or whether to compete with him. One of the main differences between you and God is that God doesn't think that he's you. Moments of stillness at the start of prayer time are moments of surrender in which we stop competing with God. We relinquish our Messiah complexes and resign ourselves from trying to save the planet. We recenter our priorities on Jesus and acknowledge with a sigh of relief that he is in control and we are not. When do you and I just come and be still before God?
I think this is the thing that we have to deal with before we even pray the prayer, Lord, speak to me. So many of us can't be still before God. Just think about it. When do you, what happens when you sit down and you try to be still before God? It's amazing, right? All of a sudden, everything starts happening. Like, you get your phone, and you notice your phone sitting right there, and you, you sit down, and you go, okay, I'm going to be still and know that God is God. I'm going to be still and just be quiet and not pray. Like, have my list of prayer things. I want to just sit and listen. And all of a sudden, you notice this thing glowing over here. You're like, oh, I got notifications. I'm going to go look for this. Do you know how often we touch our phones throughout the day, how much of a distraction these things are? And I'm right there with you. I struggle with it too. Or you sit down to be quiet, to be still, and all of a sudden, a flood of thoughts start coming in, right? Oh, I'm supposed to do this. I wonder what this person thinks of me. Oh, I got this list of to-dos that is a mile long. Just because you carve out time to be still and listen to God, it doesn't mean that your mind is actually engaged. Because I can be still and be thinking about my to-do list. I can be still and I can be thinking about the project that I want to do. I can be still and think about this conflict with this person. I think one of the greatest practices that you and I can develop in our life is this art of being still and truly being present and listening to God. And then we can get to the place where you go, God, speak to me. I want to hear your voice. Half the time, God is going, I'm trying to talk to you, but you won't listen. I believe that being still, if we develop in that spiritual practice, it will turn our life upside down. We normally determine the agenda and the pace of our lives. We normally go the way that we want to go. And when we sit in silence, in stillness, and we cultivate that practice, we begin to process and we begin to invite God into the center of our lives. And then we can pray. Jesus, speak. I'm listening. I know I usually do a lot of the talking, but Jesus, I'm here. I'm, I'm listening. What, what do you want me to pay attention to? What direction do you want me to go in? What relationship do you want me to mend? Who do you want me to serve? What do you want me to do for my job? How can I be a better wife or a better husband? How can I live my life being single, more wholly devoted to you? How do I place my identity in you, not everything else? See, when we pause and we be still, 
we begin to learn God's voice. He may speak to you audibly. You may hear a voice. You may see dreams or visions. That's not often how I hear God. But he may speak to you audibly. He may speak to you. He will speak to you through his scriptures. As you're reading the Bible, the Bible just starts to come alive. Because you're listening, you're paying attention to the spirit who is guiding you, making these scriptures come alive. When you hear God, you will hear him speak through others. You will hear him speak through circumstances. It's often this pause to listen that actually makes God's voice come alive in our life. And I think it just makes sense. Because if I'm distracted, filling my life with things on this phone or filling my life with social media or videos or anything else I can do to try to escape, that's a lot of time that I could spend learning how to listen to God. So I pray that we could pray this prayer. Speak. God, your servant's listening because I think he wants to talk to you. I think it starts with us learning how to pause and be still. We've been going through this course called Emotionally Healthy uh, Spirituality. And we've taken our first group through it as a church, and it's been awesome. It's been amazing. Our last night is Monday night. We're going to be doing it again. But as a part of that course, we go through uh, this book called Day by Day. And this book is uh, devotional prayers. Um, And one of the things that I've gotten out of this book the most is the routine of being still. This book guides you through prayers and devotions. And the way this book is structured is it says, okay, set a timer for two minutes and just be quiet. Be still. Yes, during those two minutes, things are going to come flooding into your brain. To-dos, things you've been thinking about. All these things will come flooding in. And this author, Pete, says that's all part of it. You need those two minutes of silence to sit there and decompress all that you're carrying around in your head. So as those thoughts come in, oh, okay, great. Maybe I need to write that down real quick. Okay, great, it's gone. Uh, You need to worry about that. I, I can worry about that later. Like you just let those thoughts, you pay attention to them, and then you just let them pass through. And then you read the scripture, you answer some questions, And then you finish with two minutes of silence. And the simple prayer is, okay, God, I'm listening. You might speak, you might not speak. But I am listening. I'm training my heart and my mind to be still so that I could know that you are God. So, I want to try that this morning. I want to get us into the practice of this. And so 
as a close, I want to practice this. I want to spend two minutes in silence. So I want you to get comfortable. And all that you've heard this morning, I, I just want you to spend two minutes and just simply sit. Maybe you want to sit with your eyes open. Maybe you want to close your eyes. Maybe that's helpful. And, and just sit and just ask, God, what are you saying? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Two minutes, I'm going to set a timer. Beginning now. All right, time is up. As the worship team comes, out, kinda comes on up, uh, I want to ask a question. Uh, how, how many, for how many was that difficult to do? How many heard God say something to you? A few people. I think this is one of the most powerful things that we could learn how to practice in our lives. This is something that I've started doing before I read scripture. At random times throughout the day, I set a timer, two minutes, and just sit and listen for Jesus. Amen? Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, teach us how to be still and know that you are God. So that we can hear 
when you're listening so that we can develop a relationship with you. In your name we pray. Amen.